Hey friends, this is Tina Turner. Thanks for tuning in today to the More Precious Than Gold podcast, where we will examine God's Word each episode and find that it is trustworthy, true, and always more precious than gold. Well, here we are at the sixth I am statement that Jesus made in the book of John. We've already studied Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door or the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And last week we did, I am the resurrection and the life. And this week we'll be looking at Jesus declaring that he is the way, the truth, and the life. I wonder... What do you do when your heart feels troubled, when you're worried or anxious about something? I think you're going to love this lesson. Jesus tells us exactly what we should do when our hearts feel troubled. So go grab your Bible, turn to John chapter 14, and we'll begin. And the lesson for this episode will be in chapter 14 of John's Gospel. But before we get there, let's recap what chapter 13 is all about to give us a good context for our lesson. In chapter 13, we realize that this is the last night that Jesus has with his disciples before going to the cross. And Jesus knows that the cross is very near. He wants to prepare his disciples for this time when he will no longer be with them. They have the last Passover meal together. They wash, uh, well, actually Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He predicts that Judas will betray him and that Peter will deny him. And then chapter 14 continues with Jesus comforting his disciples. Chapter 14, 1 through 6, here we go. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you will be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus knows. He knows by the way that he starts out this portion of talking with his disciples that they are brokenhearted. They know what's before him. Maybe not all the details, not all the details of the crucifixion or how everything is going to be played out, but Jesus has made them very aware that he doesn't have much longer to be with them. fear and doubt in an anxious heart, he says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Now that tells me that there's a choice. We can either let our hearts be troubled or not allow them to be troubled. But it is a choice that begins with us or else Jesus wouldn't have told the disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. It's almost like a command that he gives to them And he was not going to give us a command like that if we can't do it. What are some things that troubles your hearts? I thought of some things today. What about kids that are in rebellion? 
struggling so bad in school. I see so many parents that are troubled by the way that their children are doing in school or the rebellion that they see in their kids' lives. Um, I see people troubled in their hearts by financial pressures or health concerns, stress at work, maybe a, a marriage that is in a lot of trouble, school shootings. That's something that troubles my heart. As a teacher, every time I see one of those on the news, it just grips my heart with fear. And I have to come to the place where I realize I can't walk in fear. If I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to be in a public school, there is a possibility that that could happen, but I can't walk in the fear of that. So how do we navigate worry and anxiety and fear and doubt? Jesus said, you trust God, trust me. Instead of trusting in those things, we're to trust in God. Instead of putting all of our thoughts and all of our care in trying to fix those kinds of things, we need to run to Jesus. He says, run to me, come to me, trust me. Well, let me give you a few more verses that will help us with this. One of them is right, if you go down a little bit further into chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says this, peace I give to you. I don't give you peace like the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Again, he's reminding his disciples. The only way to have true peace is to come to me. I am the one who gives real peace, not like the world gives. How does the world give peace? Well, lots of different ways, right? If you're really stressed out at work, let's just go to happy hour. Have a couple more drinks, right? If you have too much anxiety, maybe pop a few pills here or there. Um, Maybe some of us would go on a shopping spree and just go, oh, it just makes me veg out and makes me feel so good. I just forget the cares of the day whenever I'm shopping. But God says those kinds of things are only temporary. They're only going to relieve your stress in a temporary way. Jesus said, I give you peace like the world does not understand. I give you peace real peace. You know, Isaiah even declared that Jesus is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. He is the one who offers true peace. Look what Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 says about peace. Let the peace of Christ rule your heart. So we can either allow trouble to rule our heart Or we can allow the peace of Christ to rule our heart. That's our option, isn't it? Those are the options that we have. And then Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. And I'm going to put all of these in the description for you so you'll be able to find all of the verses that we're talking about. But Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7 says this. Be anxious for nothing. That's an absolute, isn't it? Nothing. Don't be anxious for anything. Not if your kids are in rebellion. Not if the schools schools are struggling. Not if you find yourself in financial pressure or have health concerns or you have stress at work or your marriage is falling apart. Have anxiety over nothing, Jesus said, or actually Paul said. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So he says, look, instead of dwelling on those things and letting those things rule your heart, let the peace of God rule your heart. 
Don't be anxious, but bring your things that you're anxious about to me. And then he says, Paul says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, not a little bit of understanding, not some of the things that we understand, not the things we don't understand. Everything, he says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's that guard your heart again. So if we're going to have a heart that is guarded, instead of a heart that's troubled, we have to actively do something about it. We've got to let God's peace guard our heart. And the only way to do that is to know what God's peace is all about. We've got to know God's word. So I would encourage you, if you're troubled about something, if your heart is really aching about something, Learn some of these verses of scripture, memorize them. And when you just feel like your heart is pounding and there's butterflies in your stomach and you're so anxious about something, quote these verses to yourself. Even if you have to do it out loud to get your mind thinking about those things. I'm not going to be anxious for anything. I'm going to take everything that is worrying me to Jesus and I am going to beg him to let the peace that he offers to rule my heart instead of all this anxiousness that's ruling my heart. So we have a choice. It's our choice to make. And we can either live a life that's bound by a troubled heart or a life that is free with peace guarding it, with God's truth guarding our hearts instead. So The first thing that we learn about Jesus being the way is that he is the way to bring peace to a troubled heart. Won't you let him do that for you? Take him your troubles. Make a list and give them to him and see how capable he is of giving you peace that passes all kinds of understanding. All right, the other thing that we see that Jesus is the way for is that he is the way to the Father and he's the way to the Father's house. Look in verse 2, chapter 14 of John, verse 2. He is the way to the place that Jesus is preparing for believers. Jesus told his disciples, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I do, I'm going to come again and I'm going to get you. I'm going to take you to that place. There's two points here. I really want you to capture. The first one is the place he's taken us to is permanent and it's a personal place. It's a place that he is making. Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. And I remember when I was a pregnant mama waiting for that baby to be born, almost almost the last trimester, you know, those last three or four months, you just um, are totally captivated by preparing a place for that baby to come home to. I remember choosing just the right color paint and making sure that all of the linens matched exactly like I wanted them to. All the toys placed neatly on the shelf. Everything was exactly the way I wanted it to be for when that baby first came home from the hospital. Now you guys, how much more is Jesus preparing an incredible place for us? And then he says, I will come again and I will bring you to that place. Literally, he will come and bring us to that place. You know, from Acts, uh, Jesus is going to die on the cross. He's going to be raised from the dead. And then in Acts, he's going to tell his 
disciples what their next mission is. In chapter 1, he tells them that they are going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and they're going to go out and be his witnesses. And right after that, as soon as Jesus spoke that to them, in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, it says this, And after Jesus had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. Mark's gospel says it like this. Mark chapter 13, verse 26. Men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. You guys, we can bank on this. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the only way to get there. And I will show you how to get there. Believe in me. Trust in me. In verse four, he is the way uh, to be known by believers. He says, look, if you know the Father, you know me. If you trust God, trust also in me. And of course, that's when Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answered and said, I am the way. That's another absolute. The way, the only way, not a way, but the way, not one of many ways, but the way. He is the way and the truth and the life. And how can we know the way in our life? We can know Jesus. If we want to know the way, we've got to know Jesus because he is the only way. In fact, he even said it another way. He said, you, no one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is absolutely the only way. And then you think about this glorious place that he's preparing, this place where he is going to come and take us to belong with him, this heavenly, beautiful, forever place. I'm going to read to you in Revelation chapter 21 what that place is going to be like. And I'm going to start in chapter, uh, chapter 21, verse 15. The angel who talked with me, and now this is John writing the book of the Revelation. So an angel is talking to John about the city. Um, and he says, the angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and its walls. It's measurable, you guys. It has a size. It's an actual place that we can go. The city was laid out like a square as long as it was wide. He measured the city with a rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length and as wide as it was high and as long. He measured its walls and they were 144 cubits thick by man's measurement, which the angel was using. The wall was made of jasper and the city pure gold, just as pure glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, and the second sapphire, the third cardelian, the fourth emerald, the fifth saradox, the sixth carnelian, the seventh crystallis, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth, the eleventh jas, uh, j- uh, jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve 
pearls. Now, not a pearly gate, you guys. One giant pearl. Listen, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each gate was made of a single pearl. The great city was pure gold, like transparent glass. And I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need sun or moon to shine in it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. So let me just recap some of that for you, right? So we know it's a holy place. There's no sin and there's no shame there. It's prepared by the tender, loving care of Jesus himself. I go and prepare a place for you. It's a joyful place where there will be no more tears. Sorrow and sin are banished never to come into that place. It's a living place. It's vibrant with life. No more death ever will be there. Anything that is death or dead is never going to be in that place. Oh, goodness. It's just going to be so fabulous to know that the people that we love will never have to taste death in that place. Um, it's a new place. Everything that has old has been passed away and now we're having this new place. It's not falling apart. It doesn't need repairs. It's perfect exactly the way Jesus wants it to be. And only members from God's family are going to be there. Only people who love him are going to be there. Only people who have come through the way of the Lord Jesus Christ will be there. It's going to be a brilliant, glorious place full of sparkly jewels and gold, transparent like glass, it said. A fortified city with walls that are protected and um, offer security for us. A foundation that is sure and solid. A measurable city, a gate, you guys, this is amazing that the gates all around the city are not to separate us from God or to separate us from our loved ones, to put us in that beautiful city that we're going to be a part of. It's a literal place that can be measured with gold and precious stones and no place for sin to hide. And the costliest thing that I see in all of it are these 12 pearls always reminding us of the great suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when a pearl is made, it is because a grain of sand gets put into an oyster or a clam. And it is um, the suffering of that oyster or that clam that puts layer upon layer over that sand to make a beautiful pearl. And some of the most costly, gorgeous pearls come from the Pacific Ocean. And they are just incredible to look at. I can't imagine seeing one so big that it's the gate of this magnificent city. But every time we pass through one of those pearls, every time we pass by one of those pearls, we'll be reminded of the suffering of our Jesus that paid it all for us to be there. A bright and beautiful place also because it's always going to be illuminated by the light, the Lord Jesus Christ. We've already learned that too. I am the light of the world. He will be the light in that place as well. Totally illuminated by God and the Lamb. And Jesus says to the disciples here, come, believe in me, trust in me, and you will know all of these wonderful things. Now, let me just explain in the New Testament especially, 
in the book of John specifically, 141 times John uses the word know, to know God, to really know God. So let me explain. There's four levels of knowledge of God that we can see in the New Testament. And again, I would say, especially in the book of John, the first level is to just simply know the facts. We read the passage and we get the facts. The second is to understand truth behind the facts. So maybe here's the facts and this is why we can put those facts into place. The third introduces a relationship to believe in a person or to become related to a person. So for us to believe in Jesus or become related to Jesus. But the fourth level, that's what Jesus is yearning for his disciples. That's what he wants for us. It's the deepest, most intimate relationship. It's like the relationship that we saw when we talked about Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know me and I know them. I know each one by name. And they won't follow the voice of another because they know me. That's what Jesus wants for us. I wonder, how well do you know him? Which level would you say is your knowledge of Jesus? And let me just say, no matter how intimate it is, he wants to pull you closer. He wants you to know him even deeper and even more. So we can know the way in the fact that Jesus lets us know the way to not have a troubled heart. We can know the way to heaven, and we can know the way to the Father, and we can also know the truth. He says, not only am I the way, but I am the truth, not part of truth, not I will show you truth, not I will let you know what truth is. I am the truth, he says. Now, on our last, um, in our last sessions, we have talked about the truth of God's word over and over several times. In fact, I think it would probably be the one where we talked about I am the light of the world, where you can really go back to that podcast if you wanted to, that episode, and listen to I am the light of the world and really get what Jesus is saying here about the fact that he is the truth. Remember, we talked about in that episode, it's either truth or it's not. And Jesus even compared who he is as the truth to Satan, the father of lies, didn't he? So if you need help on the truth, go back there. But I will highlight this. He is the absolute authority. That he, as the truth, has absolute accuracy. He's never wrong. His word is never wrong. It never fails us. It's never inaccurate. It's always right, absolutely right. So he is truth and absolute authority. We can give him our life. We can give him our life because he has absolute authority. And then last, because of the way we can know the life. And we've talked about the life also. Last week on our episode, we talked about how Jesus is the life giver. And he is the resurrection and the life. Jesus came that we might have life and that we might live it to the fullest. Does that describe your life, this full, abundant life that Jesus wants you to have. He is the only way to God and the only way to the Father. But because of Jesus, we can also know peace without a troubled heart. Would you, 
if you're troubled in your heart, take that to him. Don't wait. You can take it to him right now, tonight. We found out also that he is the only way to God. And I wonder, have you chosen that way for yourself? Have you chosen the only way to really know God? Not your good works. Not that you're a good person. Not that that your good has outweighed your bad in life. But Jesus, Jesus is the only way to get to be with God and to be in that beautiful heavenly place. Because of Jesus, we have truth. And he's even the word of God. How much time do you spend in the word of God learning truth? Learning what Jesus says about himself and what he says about us. And then we have life because he is our life giver, isn't he? He is the one who has true life. And he is the one that gives true meaning to our life. I think out of all of the I am statements we've learned, this one just kind of ties things together from all of the other statements that he's made as we see him be the light and we see him be truth and we see him be the only way to God the Father. I hope that you have chosen chosen Jesus. I hope that you take him at his word when he says, believe in me, trust in me, and you will have a peace that passes all understanding. That's my prayer for you, that you will know him so intimately that you will know the peace of God. Let's pray. Wow, Lord, what a lesson. It's just so beautiful to see that Jesus just shares from his heart with his disciples what he wants them to know that last night that they were together. And the beauty of it is he wants us to know the same thing because he is the way for them just like he's the way for us. And he was the truth for them just like he's the truth for us. And he is the light of the world for them just like he's the light of the world for us. He is the only way. And Lord, I pray that we would choose that. We wouldn't choose anything else that is superficial that this world has to offer. We wouldn't choose the peace that comes from this world, but we would choose the peace that Jesus alone has to offer. And Father, I do pray that we would learn to guard our hearts against trouble and fear and anxiety and worry and learn to truly trust you. Father, I pray that the the women listening to this podcast tonight would get a glimpse of what heaven is all about and understand the beauty that you have in store for us when we follow Jesus the only way. We ask all of this in your powerful and holy name. Amen.